Hey, let's welcome everybody who's watching online right now as well. Give them a huge round of applause. We're glad all of you are with us uh, today. We have had two, like, awesome, phenomenal, amazing weeks these past couple of weeks. Uh, last week, Unlock How Awesome was that. I know my wife and Ben last week, they shared with such passion vision and strength. And I know my heart uh, is, has been encouraged uh, hearing all that happened. I pray yours was as well. And uh, the week before that, we talked about get your spirit back. So if, if you need uh, any inspiration, any reminder that God is working in your life, I want to encourage you, go back, listen to those YouTubes, listen to those messages, uh, go to Spotify, go wherever you need to go. Uh, to make sure you download that stuff so you can be on in sync with us as we keep moving forward. But today, I don't know if it's as much inspiration as it is us, uh, maybe more preparation. Uh, today, I, I, I'm, I'm excited, um, but I'm, I'm going to share something that I, I almost put a chair up here so I would sit down and not preach it too hard. No, no chair, no chair, no chair needed. I want, I want to make sure I, I, I teach this to us uh, because I do think this message today is going to be able to help us move forward to become all that God is going to call us uh, to be. And I really want it to continue to sink in to every one of our hearts. We're going to talk today about the position that you and I have uh, in, our, in relationship to God, uh, who he is. And, and who we are in relationship to him. Now, we can't talk about every aspect of everything, but this one important piece that I think will help all of us understand how we ought to move forward and how we ought to live life. Uh, your position matters. Right now, we're in the uh, NFL playoffs. Uh, any NFL fans uh, here? Uh, I know we wish the Cowboys were still in the playoffs. That'll be next year. Let it be, God. Let it be. <laughs> uh, but but uh, right now, uh, there are four teams in the NFL playoffs, and, and the, the center has a position, and he hikes the ball. He gives the ball to the quarterback, and the quarterback has a position as well. And, and it's important that those guys don't, don't switch their positions. Uh, each position is important and vital, and it helps the team flow the way the team is supposed to flow. So you and I have a position when it comes to our relationship with God. And if you don't understand your position, you don't understand what you're supposed to do. Um, even if you're, uh, you're uh, a bridesmaid in a wedding. If you're the bridesmaid and you're not the bride, you have a position. It's not about you. We don't care if you don't like the dress. We don't care if you don't like the shoes. We don't care if that's not your good side. We don't care. It's about the bride. So you got to understand your position. Today, the title of our message is Middleman. Middleman. I, I, I read a book a few uh, months ago called Delivering Happiness. Uh, it's the story of the company Zappos. They, this company started from nothing and not too long ago was purchased by Amazon for $1 billion. That's a pretty good acquisition. When you go from nothing to you sell your company for almost a billion dollars, well, this book, Delivering Happiness, is a story of how the CEO and the team started from nothing and, and got it to that point in time. What essentially would happen with Zappos is 
uh, you and I, let's say we have a niece and we want our niece to have some new shoes. So you would go to Zappos.com and you would then uh, place an order for these shoes. Type in your order. You say, yes, I need a size four to be sent there. And you would do that. You would pay. That order would then be sent to a warehouse. The warehouse employee will receive that order, then go to the shelves. They would grab those shoes, package those shoes, send them to your niece, and they would get there in two days or less. And Zappos did this better than anyone. Their customer service and their systems were Top notch. So, that, again, that's why Amazon bought them. And, uh, this, this company, Zappos, operates as the middleman. I send them the money. They then go take the inventory and send it on to my niece. I do not want Zappos taking my money, holding on to it, and then never sending anything. If they did that, there would be a phone call. Now, I'm a Christian, so the beginning of the call would be very kind. Hello there, I placed an order, and it was not delivered in a timely manner. Matter of fact, no shoes have ever come anywhere, but you keep taking money out of my account. Uh, And if they were nice, I'd be nice too. If they want to push back, then I got to take it up to the next level. Can I speak to your supervisor? You go on and on from, from there. Why? Because we all understand, as the middleman, you don't take and not give. That's the role of the middleman. They get what they're supposed to get, and then they give what they're supposed to give. Now, I am very, very glad that God does not treat us like we would treat a customer service rep with Zappos. Because if Zappos didn't do what we wanted them to do, we'd be so upset. But now I'm thinking about the God of heaven. And he's up there. And he's saying, I want to deliver some hope. And I want to deliver some encouragement. And I want to deliver some life to humanity. And he's looking around and he's wondering, with whom can I place this order? And he is sending an order to your warehouse. And the problem is... Too many of us have a warehouse full of orders and we have not given what God has called us to give. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Go with me to the book of Isaiah. I got a number of verses I want to look at here real quick. A number of verses. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 8 is our first one. If you didn't bring your Bible, we'll put the scripture on the screen for you. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. God's wondering who's going to go, who will take a step, who will be willing to send on the inventory, send on the order. And the prophet here speaks up, says, here am I, send me. I've got another one for you, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And this is what God is saying about you as well. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. 
But here's the response. Alas, Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. Here are the excuses. I am too young. I've appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Sorry, Lord, you picked the wrong person. Okay, so now we are going to tell the God of all the universe that he made the wrong choice when he picked you. You and I don't get to do that. Does the clay get to tell the potter what it wants to be formed into? No, the clay sits there on the wheel and allows the potter to do what God, what the potter wants to do with the clay. Lord, I'm, I don't know how to speak. Lord, I'm too young. Lord, I'm too educated. Lord, I'm not educated enough. Lord, I make too much money. Lord, I don't make enough money. Lord, I've been divorced. Lord, I've never been married. Lord, I have too many kids. Lord, I don't have any kids. Lord, I'm too tall. I'm too short. All these reasons we've got, we're two, we're two, we're two, we're two, we're two. And God says this back to him. Shut your mouth. Don't say I am too anything. Don't say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to say. Here's the reality. If God places an order with your life, God believes you have the inventory to fulfill that order. Now, if you don't think you have the inventory, of course, that's a problem. But the reality is God does not place a demand on you and then say, I know you're not going to be able to fulfill that demand. He will give you the strength and the grace and everything you need to do the thing that he's calling you to do. And if you don't feel like you have it in your own strength and power, then you're in the perfect place because that puts us in a position of dependence to say, God, I need you. If you don't know how to be a husband, every example you have seen has been an example where the man cheated on his wife or he abused her physically or emotionally. Every example you have seen is a man that would not provide properly for his family. Every example you have seen has been a man all into his manhood and not into serving and making his family better. Every example you have seen has been of a man that will leave his family. And God says, hey, I brought this woman into your life and you're supposed to be her husband. I'm placing an order on your life and you say not me lord i don't have a good example not me lord i was raised by a single mom not me lord i don't make enough money not me lord and the lord says hey i know what i put on the inside of you and you will not be like every other man that you have seen in your life you're going to change the script don't say i'm too young Don't say I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too much of a woman, I'm too much of a man, I'm too black, I'm too white, I'm too Hispanic, I'm too Asian, I'm too Native American. I kind of keep going through everything. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I should have got a stool. Romans chapter 10, verse number 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? 
How can anyone preach unless they are sent? Here's the God of heaven placing an order. Saying, will you ship what needs to be shipped? (laughs) So that the person on the other side of your obedience gets what I've ordered for them. People have said to uh, my wife and I and to the team here, uh, they've said uh, things like, you know, thank you for, for starting this church. Uh, my life is better because of it. Matter of fact, I don't know where I'd be without this community of faith. And those words are always incredibly humbling every time I hear them. But honestly, my head does not get big. I understand I'm just fulfilling an order. We're the middleman. And God wanted to get something to you, so he asked, hey, would you be willing, Earl, Onika, and team, to uproot your lives and to go all in? And we just said, here am I, send me. And if you and I would be willing to do that over and over and over again, we would be shocked at how God would be willing to use us. Here am I. Okay, I've got some more verses. I've got some more verses. Matthew, I'm giving you a bunch of verses. I'll make it practical in a second. I'll make it practical in a second. Hold on. Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 8. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. I don't get into that right now. That's when Jesus first came. It was primarily to the Jews. And then after going to the Jews, then it would be Jews and Gentiles. But initially, he's just going to the Jewish people. As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. I got another verse, I got another verse. John chapter 3, verse 27. John the Baptist replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. Okay, we've got some fantastic children, my wife and I. We love them. Right, honey? Okay. Uh, Yesterday was a good day in our house. Our kids, we've got, you know, three of them, a teenager and uh, eight-year-old and a three-year-old and you know sometimes they get along great and sometimes they don't get along great at all uh, and there's just some days it's like oh my goodness all the bickering and the whining oh, he's looking at me you ever see that one you <laughs> stop looking at me L, he can look at whomever he wants to look at. No, daddy, no, dad. I don't want him looking at me. I don't want to... Grayson, stop looking at your sister. I'm t- you know, sometimes, parents, you want to open the door and just say, children, go. <laughs> no, you don't do it. You don't do it. <laughs> but you want to every now and then. <laughs> well, anyway, one day we're uh, coming back, and, and what I have in my hand here are... These are my favorite potato chips, okay? Uh, favorite chips. Uh, these are Fritos. They're Flavor Twist Honey Barbecue, okay? I love these. These are my, my absolute favorite. Now, I can't eat them right now because we're doing this 14 days of brand fasting. Uh, but after, 
At next Sunday, whoo, y'all, I'm going to dare it tear into this bag so quick. Anyway, we're, we're after church one Sunday. I got to grab, grab some gas, go to Quick Trip, grab some gas. And I'm standing there filling up the gas tank. And then I go, hey, I'm going to be an awesome dad. So I run into Quick Trip real quick. And I go and I buy three different bags of potato chips. Okay, I come back to the car with these potato chips. You would have thought we just told the kids they were going to Disney World. They went crazy. Whoa, we ready. We ready for chips. I, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm like the dad of the year in this moment. And they've all got their chips and they're eating them. And I'm like, hey, 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 L, L, give some of your chips to Grace and let him try some. We ready. No, we ain't. No, we, no, no, now we're not ready. I'm not sharing my chips, dad. Parker, share some with your brother. Dad, these are my chips. I'm looking at my children. I just gave them these chips, and now they will not share with their siblings what I gave them? Some of you already know where this is going. You're like, oh, shoot. Oh, this is, I hate this message already. This is the worst message I've heard all year. Mind your business, Earl. Mind your business. You don't know my situation. Listen. Listen. If I give it to my kids, I expect them to share it with their siblings. I don't want what I have given them to stop with them. Okay, wait. Some of y'all, let me me pull out. Plus some cash, okay? Yes, make it rain, okay? Yes, thank you, Grish. Grish is excited. Uh, oh, help me, help me out, Jansen. Come on up here, real quick, Jansen. He's so Jansen's handsome, and I love him so much. He's on our team here. He's he's married. Show him the ring, okay? So some of y'all are like the good ones. The good ones are always taken. Not not all of them. Not all of them. But. Uh, this is $100 right here, okay? Jansen, here you go. Here's $100. Now, what God says is, Jansen, give me back 10. That's what we call tithing. Some of you have been calling it a tithe. It's, called, it's, it's a tithe. <laughs> it don't matter, okay? We're all figuring this thing out. But this is the tithe. It's 10% that's given back to God. So, uh, okay, let me get, so God says, hey, he, here's, here's 100. I want you to tithe, <laughs> okay? And many of us don't tithe. We tip. Oh, oh God, here, here's a dollar. Got some bills, got some things going on. I got some things. And God's like, hey, knocking on your heart. You're like, okay, Lord, here's another dollar. Because you know my heart, Lord. You know my heart is to give it all. That's my heart. So since you know my heart, I can do whatever I want to do. 
Ha ha. Wait, that's not funny. Uh, here is where a lot of us are living. Now, I'm not going to get into this tithing thing right now. Okay, that, that, that's for another time. What I want to get to right now is if I give, if God gives Jansen $100, because he knows, he knows that Eric has a need. So God is wondering if I get this to Jansen, if I place an order with him, will it stop with him or will it get through him to the person I'm trying to reach? Because God is not going down to Eric's room and going, hey, here you go, the word of the Lord and making money come out of nowhere. What God does is he freely gives to his people and he is trusting his people then to be faithful with the order and to pass on what he has given. Okay, let me have this back. Got one more service. Okay, that's potato chips and money. Those things aren't alive. The thing that Jesus really came for, the one God so loves, is people. So let's take it now from these lifeless things of potato chips and money and connect it back to people. Young man, he's, uh, he's in high school. He's starting quarterback. He's a little bit undersized for a quarterback, but has a ton of passion and energy, and he's very, very skilled. He doesn't get a lot of Division I offers because he's undersized, so he goes to SMU and ends up walking on at SMU. He walks onto the football team, does not really get any playing time, but he's just happy that he's on the team. He's in his uh, sophomore, junior year, and he goes to a party with some of his uh, football teammates. At that party, some of them are trying drugs for the first time. So this young man does cocaine for the first time. He snorts this cocaine, and he is hooked. First time. It grabs him. His friends were able to do it recreationally, but not him. It's grabbed his life. Now he is taking his life and his skills and his talents and his abilities, and he is, they are revolving around this drug. He's able to cover it up enough during, uh, during college, finishes college, ends up with a good job, but he still has this addiction. He's able to kind of keep it to the side, gets married. He and his wife give birth to their first child, but when they give birth to their first child, the child dies in the delivery room. So he goes back to what he knew would help him cope and numb the pain. He goes back to the drugs. This time, the drugs take over his life. It costs him his character. It costs him his marriage. It costs him his relationships and his career. Then we see him on the side of the road with this sign. Anything will help. Now he's homeless. And when you and I drive past that homeless man, understand 
God does not love that homeless man any less than he loves you. And he does not love him more any more than he loves you. He loves that homeless man and you and I exactly the same. But he's wondering, can I get any opportunity to this homeless man? So what God does is he places an order. I am under the impression that we have the best parking lot team in all of the world here at Shoreline City. I absolutely love this team. All the men and women that are out there, that are, they're absolutely amazing. A few months ago, there was a homeless man hanging around our White Rock campus. And the parking team, like all of them would do, were going out there, of course, uh, being nice. Uh, one of our parking uh, team members, one of our leads, actually, Robert, goes up to the man, is having a conversation, and the homeless man tells him uh, his story, and he says, hey, I, no one will hire me. No one will hire me. Robert says, I'll hire you, because Robert owns his company and runs his company. I'll hire you. Hey, show up here at this day and at this time. Robert's there waiting for the man to show up at this day, this time. The homeless guy does not come. Well, some of us are going, well, that's to be expected. Robert says, I'm not taking no for an answer. Drives back, finds the homeless man. Hey, I gave you an opportunity. I've got a job for you over here. Brings the man to the opportunity, signs him up for the job. Then the homeless man says, well, I, I don't have a place to stay, so I can't, I can't work. Robert says, okay, I'll pay for a place to stay. Gives the man a place to stay. Now, the story is still unfolding, and we'll see how things all pan out. But what I want to show you is God wanted to give that homeless man an opportunity And in order to do it, he had to work through a middleman. And Robert was willing to say, hey, I've got this company that God has given me. And I see someone in front of me. If God placed an order on my life, I'm not going to let the order stop with me. I'm going to get it to the person that needs it. He's the middleman. I uh, was a 14-year-old girl. She is, uh, she's beautiful. She has a different body type than all of her friends. And all of her friends remind her that her body type is different all the time. Some wouldn't call those friends. Even some folks in her family remind her that her body type is different. This is messing with her mind. She's battling depression, anxiety, 14 years old, and has some of the demonic thoughts of taking her own life. Here's things like, you shouldn't even be alive. You're not worth anything. This little girl sitting in her room, contemplating all these dark thoughts. What does God do? He's up in heaven saying, hmm, I've got a gift. I've got a gift that I'm trying to get to that girl. Who can I trust with the gift? So he wakes up a songwriter at 2.37 in the morning. And the songwriter is awoken from their sleep, begins to pen the words to the song, and this song is absolutely life-giving. But now someone has to sing the song. So God's got this singing gift, and he goes, oh, 
I gave that to that 27-year-old young lady. And that 27-year-old young lady knows she has this gift, but she's too insecure, too into herself, too focused on her career, and is not willing to take the gift that God gave her and to be on this platform and sing the song out that the songwriter wrote and utilize the gift that God gave her. So now this 14-year-old girl who is sitting in the audience is not able to hear what God has destined for her to hear. I'm trying to connect the dots. We're the middleman. And you and I, whatever gift you might have, it might be a gift to organize. It might be a gift to lead. It might be a gift of hospitality. It might be a gift of whatever it might be. Please understand that God was up in heaven going, hmm, what can I do with this gift? If I give it to him, I'll bet you he'll use it for my good. I'll give it to her. I'll bet she'll use it for my good. And too many of us are saying, I got the order but it's stopping with me. Last, uh, I'm, all, I'm all done here. I'm all done. I'm all done. This is, a, uh, this is a little pocket watch. Pocket watch. I wish these were back in style again. Maybe they will be. Everything comes back around anyway. I'm looking forward to bell bottoms coming back around. And afros, but if they come back, ain't no help for me. I, I, it's not coming back. But this is a, a watch representing uh, time. There's a, uh, a family uh, about, let's say, eight months or so ago, no more than a year ago, that moved to Dallas. The husband got a job uh, with one of the guys who goes to our church. His name is Jordan Moriello. Uh, Jordan, uh, who leads our security uh, team, uh, has this new coworker. They uh, develop a relationship, but they find out out of the blue, this wife, when she moved here, pregnant, and they have four kids, when she moved here, she flatlines because she has a seizure one day. They do emergency C-section surgery, take the baby out, and they discover that this mom has brain cancer. Well, the baby survives. And this puts the family on a whole new journey, something they did not expect. Jordan and Rama, who again are leaders in the church. As a matter of fact, they were a part of this church when there were just 15 people. They'd been with us from the very beginning. Just begin to love and serve this family. Invite them to church. Um, the wife ends up having a conversation with Rama. She surrenders her heart to Christ. Says, I want to make him number one in my life. It's a beautiful moment. She actually even asked Jordan and Rama to baptize her. And they do it in their, in their neighborhood pool. She started coming here to Shoreline. But the cancer was eating at her body so much. She began to get so weak, she couldn't come every Sunday. Matter of fact, she had to watch online. That's why when we say welcome those who are online, this woman still runs through my mind and the camera people and the camera crew are the middlemen to help us to reach people just like her tragically she just died a couple of months ago leaving her husband and her her five children 
But I'm just thankful that Jordan and Rama, with their own kids, and they have their own problems, and they have their own issues, and their time is as important as anybody else's, said, I'm willing to take this order from God and to be there in that woman's life as she is walking through the ending days of her walking on this earth. And I'm just wondering what it would look like if we were willing to be a church that wasn't just about ourselves, but we understood that everything comes from God, that the breath that we are breathing comes from God, that the money that we have comes from God, that the gifts that we hold all come from God, that our mental and our, our, our physical aptitude all comes from God. All of this, anything you have and I have is given from heaven our, when we talk about growth track and getting people plugged in there do you understand that this is not about the church getting bigger uh, th- that's not my goal my goal is for you to be positioned perfectly to understand who God made you to be so you don't live your life for yourself and we're not just some fat American church that's like, oh, look at us, how we're growing and we're bigger. No, we are the hands and feet of Jesus in our generation. I'm trying to raise up an army that will be his voice in our world. We are here for humanity. And I want God to know you can place orders with this church, as many orders as you want to make. And if you need us to go to North, we'll go to North. And you need us to go to Antigua, we'll go to Antigua. You need us to go to Reno, we'll go to Reno. You need us to go to Africa, we'll go to Africa. You need us to go to India, we'll go to India. You tell us where we need to go, we'll go wherever we need to go. And we will be your hands and your feet. Just place the order with us, God, and we'll say yes. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. So if I put the potato chips and the money and the gifts and the watch all right here. These are all things that God is up in heaven going, hmm, who can I give these to? That I can get these through. Here am I. Send me. If you'd mind, church family, do me a favor, bow your heads just for a moment. I ask you to bow your heads, not because it's mystical or magical, but just so that you can focus for just a second. If you're under the sound of my voice and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him first, you've never made him number one, you've never surrendered to Jesus. I'm not asking, do you have a Bible? I'm not asking, were you confirmed as a child? I'm not asking... Uh, Do you believe in God? I'm asking, have you surrendered your heart and your life to Christ? Is he first in your life? Maybe there was a time you were following Jesus, but you slipped away. You've gone another direction. And right now, if you're honest, you would say you're in the driver's seat of your life. Christ is not. I'm going to ask you to do something simple, but something bold. On the count of three, I'm literally going to ask you, to raise your hand and say, you know what? I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I don't want to be first in my life. I want him to be first in my life. If that is you, you've never given your heart to Christ or at one point in time you did and you slipped away and today you're ready to surrender or re-surrender your life to serving Jesus. Ready? One, two, three. Just shoot your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that is me. Hands going up all over this place. Individuals saying, I want to 
I want to give my heart, my life to Christ. I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. This is a beautiful moment. It's the grace of God that's actually drawing you closer right now. Someone prayed for you and brought you here. And, and God, God right now is knocking on your heart. Who else wants to get in on this prayer to say, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I don't want to be first. I want him to be first. I want to surrender. I want a fresh start with Jesus. And ask everyone in this place, every person, to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. And I want everyone to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's lift our heads up and clap our hands with enthusiasm. Come on, church, for every friend and family member of ours.